0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts.
2: Air temperature 31 Celsius, track 31. That's evened itself off now. And cars with new tyres and a bit of space. And as I say that, a faster that as well for JDC, Timon Valdehelm in the number 85 bright yellow car. And the battle at the front of the field continues to rage on with Philippe Albuquerque having an almost 5-second lead. Now what's going to happen? Are we going to see Jack Aitken start to take time out of the leader? That looked like a strategic move on the front straight the last time around.
3: Shea Adam in the pit lane with some pit callers. I was not expecting this pit caller to come in first though, John, because when I last looked, the ten. We're still sitting down on the wall. Well, they have sprung into action in almighty fashion. And all of a sudden, the Conica Minolta mechanics up on the wall. They have two new tires in hand, as well as the fuel probe. In also is the 31. i are going to watch the 10 stop first and see which tires they are changing. No, they are going to do all four. They do a staggered stop. It is four tires as well for the 31 Wayland Engineering Cadillac driver change going on. Jackie can out. Kipro Gironi in no driver change for the 10. They are doing the Corvette racing strategy at will, as of yesterday, where they make sure that every driver drives for the longest amount of time humanly possible. It is a driver change for the 25 BMW. By the way, Sheldon Van der Linde jumping out there. Conradi, Felipe getting in. They put new right-side tires on the 25 BMW, adjusting the tire pressures on the left-side Michelins, but those ones staying on the car. We wait now. The first car to be able to be sent once again should be the 10. There we go. 40 seconds in the box for them to Get a full load of energy, 40 seconds as well For the Wayland Engineering Cadillac So perhaps you were right John, maybe the minimum time Is 40 seconds for everybody up and down the pit lane Now, you must admit, I missed that If that is the case, the 25 BMW Waiting for their service to be complete And we are waiting for the 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes, that will come in Jules Gugnon, from whom you just uh, Heard a few seconds ago Not talking to us from inside the car But he will talk to us when he gets out of it Because it will be Danny Juncadea taking over that car
2: with bill weighing in on the hypercar. When it's a hypercar, not a hypercar. When it's an LMH <laughs> <laughs> argument. This so, is uh Did they become a hyper hypercar at Le Mans? Only during hyperpole, um, which is uh, a session. Hyperpole for the hypercar. Oh, big thump. From heart of racing number 27 onto the back of the number sixty-three. That was the Lamborghini. And I think that's gonna get them. Actually that was a replay, not sure when that happened. So let's go to share in the pit lane for Renga van der Zander out of the lead of the motor race.
3: I was very confused by that, John, because 27 is into the pit lane. Roman De Angelis has gotten out, and Marco Sorensen has taken over that car. So maybe I need to go down to Roman and chat to him first about that big thump that you saw. It is full service for the 22. with by full service, we mean the that's all they're doing here. At the Michelin staying on the car. They do look a little bit worn, but they still look fairly new. I have to say, Ranger doing a good job taking care of these tires. Since the last time he came into the pit lane, he got them put on the car, having uh, taken out used tires before. 39 seconds stationary for Renger, so didn't quite need a full load to be able to go back out once again. And further down the pit lane, it is very congested. The number six Porsche is in for full-service fuel and tires. We've got the 63 Lamborghini right bottom. Him. It looks like Frank Pereira has stayed aboard for that one, although talking from a he was expecting to get in, so maybe it is the Phoenix. And for the number 60, it was full service as well. I think that's Tom Blanca's helmet now, John, but you'll have to correct me once scoring loop has been triggered. Further down the pit lane, I do see the bright blue in the grille of the Windward racing Mercedes. That's a GTD car, and I had seen Russell Ward with his all-black carbon helmet getting ready to take over for a stint. So Indy also out the on the racetrack.
2: By the way, if you didn't hear, if you weren't listening yesterday on our WEC broadcast, we did have Thierry Puvet, the uh, man ahead of ACO Technical, uh, talking about the Hypercar LMDH class and if you didn't hear that, it was really fascinating how they measure the performance of these cars, the performance potential. We're going to chop that up in the next week or so and uh, put that out as a as a podcast via radiolamont.com. So keep an eye on that. We'll make sure that we publicise that on Interradio Radio as well because it does actually affect what's going on and how that data is collected to balance the vastly different philosophies and indeed rule sets between the three different types of cars that can compete together in the top class whatever we want to call them incident responsibility for car number 27 with the, that ah, was the 78 it, uh, that it ran in the back of two it uh, turned number four was the Forte Racing Lamborghini and Loris Spinelli Uh, however a warning for that wow I think that's very Very lucky for them, generous Jeremy yes well done well done so once again the number one car moves over to allow the wheel and car to go through, so Pipo Tirani now gets ahead and back in the second position. So, that this time that was coming out of turn number five. Big wiggle by the gold fronted car goes through turn four. Oh no, there's a big slide. Right spin ah so it was it wasn't a pullover it was a spin from Renga van der Zander and he was getting back up the pace that's why he looked so slow and Pee wow. swept by and is now only about 5 or 6 seconds behind the leader Kirk still leading Pee in second and the 0-1 gold fronted Cadillac having now dropped back down to third position, but has around about 10, 12 seconds between himself and the first of the Porsche Penske
4: motorsport cars. Yeah, he's got a pretty good lead there, but uh, that was just his second lap out of the pit, so perhaps the tyres not fully up to temperature there, potentially, although last time around for a race lead was a 502 this time it's a 49.7 for Philip Albuquerque. Yeah. Pijper Durrani, however, 49.1 in that Whelan Engineering number 31 Cadillac. Eight seconds—the margin between first and second.
2: Is he getting back to speed now, Jeremy? That's the question, or was the damage done? to his tyres by Ray van der Zander it was a snap spin he has to check up behind two GTD cars going down to turn 7 this time one of them the eight, all bright green Rexy Porsche Porsche top 8 cars in GTP the whole category all still on the same lap. He is, as far as falling off the lead lap, Jeremy, in the, the 24 no, GTPs, no. just right on the end of it.
4: Yeah, no, he's, he's got a little bit of left le- yet.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's got, uh, he's got about 20 seconds, hasn't he? Yeah. So, pit stops again, and the WeatherTech number 79 is... In the pits, pits. Chu not got out of that car. Share Adam.
3: Yes, he did. Fuel, tires, and a driver change, as well as a valuable windshield tear-off. So I guess we're getting to that part of the day as well, where they're starting to ask for the windshield tear-off. He says, Just says it cleans. Danny Jinkadea fires the Mercedes back up and gets moving. 47 seconds total stationary in the pit box. After a bit longer of a stop, but further down the lane. We also have two Aston Martins in, one of which is very competitive in the GTD class up. The Magnus racing Aston Martin. 44 adorning the side. I think that was Spencer Pompelli's helmet, actually. Find the middle of that car. You'll have to let me know as they trigger the timing beacon, but not into the pits. Corvette racing. There should be coming in this lap around. Fuel tires, no driver change. Tommy. Milner staying aboard.
2: BMW number 24 moving slowly right on the far side of the circuit. And... very slowly indeed. Now is this a car? I don't see any tyre issues on that car. This is the Augusta Farfest ter- car and I think it has now dropped off the lead lap if it hasn't it will do in just a second here comes the 31 yep 31 goes past it and that means the number 10 has already gone by into the pit lane for the leading GTD pro car Tommy Milner comes in the WeatherTech car came in the lap before and as did Davide Regan. that was second and third so they're into the pit lane what's what is the problem with the 24 car we'll try and find that out of shit. Adam watches
3: this stop Wow, Jules Cunion, it's a lot cooler standing back here behind the pit box than it is out on the pent lane. How hot is it in the Mercedes?
5: Yeah, it's very hot. Uh, we have a nice V8 engine in front that uh, is blowing air uh, to the side, very hot. But now the car is good. Uh, Corvette looks very strong. The Ferrari was closing also, and now it's uh, it's why we love IMSA. It's a fuel game, so you are behind each other. You are trying to coast a bit more than the other one, and. Uh, that's why we love racing here. There is not only pace, it's uh, strategy, fueling, team, uh, pit stop, drivers. It's, uh, it's the best
3: series in the world. Does this race, though, even compare to Bathurst or Daytona? It's its own beast, isn't it? It's a what, sorry? Right? It's its own beast, this race. <laughs> yeah,
5: well, Bathurst is also hard, but uh, this race is a bit different than Bathurst. Uh, every race has its own particularity, but this one, the, the bumps are really crazy so uh, towards the race also the track is changing a lot and this you don't have so much you know the track so right now for example you have to go very very tight on the line that we don't have before and before you could go wide and now you need to be really tight inside a bit like go-kart times you know so um, this track is one of the one of the unique ones in the world and it's always amazing to race on this one
3: keep enjoying it
5: thank you yeah I'm, I'm doing it
2: <laughs> uh, smashing lads. Chill, up. And just telling me he is absolutely dripping. Problems for the number eight car, it in the wall during that interview, and we have a full course yellow. This is great news for the 24 BMW if it can get back,
4: Jeremy. Second place car in uh, LMP2. Yes. I think it's Kevin Simpson who's just been turning some good laps. Uh,
2: he's got the wiper going. He's got the rear aerofoil hanging off. He's been all arms and elbows on that one at some stage. Now, uh, can this BMW number 24 get round to the pit lane? It's on the Ullman straight now, almost on... It's it's almost at pit lane limit. The speed, but none of the pit lane limiter lights are flashing on that car. I wonder if they're trying to get home on battery power. He's doing well if he's done that. Adam has been speaking to the RLL team and what are they seeing or telling you shit
3: well they're all on a golf cart heading back to the garage so uh, they've told him to make it straight back there and if he can make it into the pit lane he does have the option of making the hard right turn straight as soon as he gets in as if you're going to the podium but uh, we're not quite ready to go to the podium yet
4: that was almost an hour of green flag racing 57 minutes um, I would say still got seven cars on the lead lap but the number 24 BMW is gonna is is not anymore so Kiffin Simpson then coming
2: out of turn three clipping the uh, coming out of turn one excuse me clipping the dirt and that will have speared him across the track to the left hand side yes it did and he ends up in a dust cloud between one and two having spun the right-hand rear Michelin up on the exit of turn number one. And to be honest, Jeremy, yes, he's got bodywork damage, but the wheels seem to be pointing roughly in the right direction. He's got away lightly from that, and I mean really lightly. There are big, big trenches behind the back of the blue and white curbs. And that speed through turn one that could have been much much worse for Kiffin Simpson
4: yeah it's his lucky day there isn't it because gosh you can have a, a massive accident there and if he's just got away with some damage to the front and, and the back but nothing to the to the uh, suspension he, he'd be considering himself fortunate that BMW unfortunately has ground to a halt on the back straight oh. so close right at the exit of what
2: was the exit of the the pits for the WEC yesterday. It's about as far as the Baikolis prototype got when it tried to go out and that's had uh, an issue with the throttle ECU. It's all pretty much been actually I know that's not fair, it's a bit further down than that. It's at one of the cutouts it's further down the, much further down the pit lane than the exit from WEC pit lane. It's at the final cut out before turn 17. Can you see space there Jeremy? Space? There? No, no spaces down there from the overhead shot. Record crowd here. General admission parking on the infield sold out coming into this race. RV, general admission sold out coming into this race the overflow south and west parking lots opened up on advice of the local law enforcement. I have to say, by the way, excellent job by everyone concerned of getting people in and out. There was uh, potential for some quite long delays on Friday and this morning. The local Sheriff's Department and the Seabring Police were out in force to... Or open up extra lanes double lane people coming into the track particularly those who were being sectioned off because we had uh, credentials and this morning absolutely no issue getting in at all new procedures put in place overnight and we it took us about 30 minutes 30 fewer minutes to get in this morning than it did yesterday so congratulations to everyone for upping their game, huge amount of people coming in yesterday during the WEC race, Joe Bradley was telling me he was doing the formalities before the 1000 miles of Sebring, people parking up their RVs to drive us left on the Uldman straight, the back straight, first time that's been opened for that type of access and that filled up massively during the course of the WEC race and is of course absolutely packed for today so what's this the fifth or the sixth jeremy no, no fifth, fifth. I think, yeah. yeah thank you
4: We've had 13 different lead changes my reckoning full
2: course yellow the pits are open for prototype she is waiting for the tower car to make it back how many tickets have you got, Sher?
3: Oh, all the GTP cars, but the pit exit light is on. Let's see who remembers to put the brakes on. So far, there is a nice, neat, orderly queue. Nobody's gone slamming into the back of it yet. And thankfully, the green light comes on, and there is no carnage. I was just having a flashback of Petit Lamont from several years ago when the red light was on, and some people noticed the red light and others didn't, and then there was a giant pileup that took out a lot of the GT cars in the field. But I'm still waiting for that Tower Motorsport prototype to come into the pits. It has not yet come around. The good news though John they have a new tail and they have a new nose for the number 8 so hopefully there's no damage beneath the surface and she can go back out.
2: I think they may have gotten away quite lightly with that She will. the car's just pulling in now we'll come back to you for that once we uh, are under this fifth full course yellow behind the blue Cadillac V series safety car. Welcome to the booth the Director of Motorsport North America for Michelin Jason Anzalone jason welcome back to the broadcast center how are you
6: hey john i'm doing doing great
2: happy to be down here in sebring now are you sure you're doing great because you've got 27 million cars to put tires on this week what was the final count in terms of of cars that you had to service and
6: tires that you had to bring here so, uh, during the Prologue weekend plus plus this week, we, there was 189 cars, and we had to service, and we brought uh, a staggering 17,800 tires to to service it all.
2: I I, I talked about the the Michelin Tire Center in the the paddock being a village, and I said it's a village with uh, a green grocers, a small supermarket,
6: a post office. I mean, how many people are working here, Jim? Yeah, yeah, we we brought a, quite the crew, so uh, we had a total of. 34 fitters for today uh, a little less for for other days but that's just from the u.s staff plus we had another 13 from the uh, european staff so bi- a big group of people with it being super
2: seapring the wec were here yesterday as well what effect this convergence had on how you supply each of those championships and did you have to be slightly careful to make sure everybody got the right tires because they were all coming out of that same village
6: yeah of course we have to be careful uh in imsa we're running one spec in gtp uh in in WEC, they had two specs uh to choose from but of course the spec that we were running in imsa and w- one spec in in weck being, being the the same tire so a l- little less concern there but of course we want to make sure that we're fitting the right tire on the right car
2: Uh, The global supply issues that plagued everybody, are they flattening out a little bit now, Jason?
6: I would argue they are flattening out, out, John. We're seeing more consistent availability. Uh, Not to say we're not seeing less demand, but I think we've gotten smarter in how we're getting tires into the U.S. and how we can service our customers. Uh,
2: One of the big stories coming out of Daytona, of course, was um, the Brady effect, uh, under pressure, tire pressures here. Now, you work very closely with IMSA to set those tyre pressures and that is about safety as much as it is anyth- anything else what, what's the potential problem there with people not taking your advice and going underneath the tyre pressures
6: yeah a- absolutely we work very closely with IMSA around uh, the pre for for the cars we do a tremendous amount of pe- uh, testing to uh, understand where the limits are and Based on all of that testing, we have recommendations for the cars to follow in order to go around the, the track safely and make sure that, that there's no uh, tire failures or, uh, at the end of the day, it's really about that safety effect for the drivers.
2: And, and you're, I mean, clearly you're quite keen on, on, all of, on all of that. Are you monitoring the pressures yourselves or does that go through IMSA?
6: So it goes through through IMSA. Uh, Our team works closely with IMSA in order to understand and make sure people are following the the pressure. But it goes into the IMSA data logger, uh, and and we are just monitoring in the paddock uh, with the teams. I mean, excuse me, in the pits with the teams. Right. Okay.
2: Um, First three rounds of this year, Daytona on the high banks, two hundred eight miles an hour at the top end of the field. The bumps here at Daytona, which have have always been a challenge. And Then the streets of Long Beach He couldn't actually get three more different circuits Yeah,
6: yeah, very very different styles of racing for for sure But you know at the end of the day uh, with with our, our tire our tires will perform Whether it's the high banking at Daytona or the streets of Long Beach our tires are gonna perform just 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 fine
2: The, the, the tires we're using today. It seems to be absolutely critical for the GTPs at the front of the field the LMTH cars to Look after them if they're going to double stint them. Look after them in the first part of that first stint. You've been asked by the sanctioning body by him, sir, and it is a, a, a commitment by yourselves as well to use fewer tyre sets uh, through uh, all of of the races. Um, you've said you, you've always said you never want to be part of any co- kind of balancing performance or, or things like that. You want to have everybody have the the same crack. Uh, at performance um, are you happy with the way things are going in terms of, of this race in particular because there does seem to be a drop off in the second half of the second stint uh, if people have been slightly overzealous in the first part of the first stint shall we say
6: yeah, it, it, it's a good point. You know, our our intent with this new tire was all about double standing, re- reducing the amount of tires, uh, and, and while delivering still great levels of performance. <clears throat> we are, uh, of course, monitoring in, in the pits of seeing what's what's going on. Uh, they're, they're, because we we're only looking to bring one spec of tire to the track, we make a, ju- a judgment call on what we think is going to be the best for the, for the teams based upon what we know weather we can't control. So it's a little maybe a little bit warmer than we would have. I'm sorry. You
2: beep can't yeah, control yeah, the weather. Yeah. Are yeah. you sure?
6: I know shocking, right? But but at the you know, we try our best, but you know, haven't haven't been able to crack this one. But but yeah, so there could have been a coin to- toss if we would have brought the the M- mht over the SHT to to get that double stint, but I think generally speaking the teams are happy with the performance.
2: And, and what benefit do we get out of this as motorists as car owners? Um, I've got Pilot uh, 4S Sports on one of my cars, Cross Climate Pluses uh, on another, and some Pilots 3s, I think, on another one of the cars. Why, what benefit am I getting when I, when I buy Michelin to put on my cars?
6: You know, what we're trying to prove here is, is innovation and technology. When you think about what these cars are going through uh, for a double stint, a tremendous amount of technology is going into those tires about longevity. And so we'll translate some of that technology, if not all the technology, into our street tires uh, in order to create tires that are long-lasting and and performance over time and mile after mile for the consumer.
2: Are these new GTPs quite a bit heavier than the DPI's? Yeah. The automotive market, particularly with battery electric vehicles, the cars are getting heavier. Does that help you? In designing the BEV tires that you've now got specific,
6: a- absolutely, we we would uh, we would argue that this is actually a competitive advantage for, for Michelin. We have been creating tires for uh, long-lasting performance as well as uh, fuel fuel mileage savings over, over the life of the tire. So this is really where we can show our competitive advantage versus our competitors. And of course, we're lo- learning things every day based on what we're seeing here at the track about that longevity performance and then how we can take that technology and put it into our street times uh, it's a an, an
2: enormous commitment that you've made to the wac and indeed to Ipsa. i know this this must be your busiest weekend of the year uh,
6: this is a very in any, mo- <laughs> in any
7: any form
2: of motorsport
6: yeah this is a, in fact our largest motorsports event for michelin in history with the amount of cars and that we're servicing in over, history, in history with, with WEC, plus what all the sports championships for IMSA, plus WeatherTech, it is wow. the most cars we've ever serviced in history in one paddock.
2: Well, congratulations. Thank all the team for us as well. There's been a lot of hard work going on in the background. And uh, please come and see us again later on in the season when things are a little less hectic for you and the rest of the Michelin Motorsport team. Yeah, appreciate it, John. Thanks for the time. Jason Anzalone, the director of Motorsport North America for Michelin joining us there 17,800 tyres, count every single one out and count every single one back uh, Sure, Adam, some pit stops there and a significant couple in the GTs as well as the number 60 um, Acura in during that uh, this uh, yellow flag period. Uh, That
3: looked like a subsequent uh, top-off for the 60. They came in with everybody else as well, so that was interesting. Um, But in honor of our uh, late, great actor who has just passed the star of Fiddler on the Roof, Wonder of Wonder, Miracle of Miracles, for the number eight tower motorsport machine, no broken suspension, no bits pointing in the wrong direction, and I did get on the ground to look underneath the car front and rear, try and make sure that all the arms were still straight, as they should be. And they were. So they took the old wing off the back, put a new one on. They took the nose off the front, put a new one on with two functioning headlights, most importantly for Kevin Simpson. And then they sent him straight back out with uh, four new Michelin. So that was a big win for that team. They dodged a serious bullet on that.
2: Thank you very much, Chair. Jeremy Shaw was watching with interest there.
3: So, stretch. Shake, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I got so excited about... Paul uh, Miller Racing? Uh, no, no, it wasn't Paul Miller Racing. It was Turner. Uh, oh, the BMW. Yes, for the number 96 machine, they did new front brakes. So, wow. that was a very quick change for them as well. They got back out before the pit closed light like, came on at the exit. And now, they're at the back of the field. But, hey, fresh brakes. That'll be a fun car to watch. And
2: the reason I said uh, Paul Miller, because... Brian Sellers wasn't it telling Joe Bradley earlier on that they had braking issues and that was long before even half distance came around uh, Jeremy Shaw was watching those uh, pit stops with interest, and I'm intrigued but not surprised about the number 60 Acura coming in for a little top off at the end just stretching their potential fuel window a tiny bit more And we are, what, five and a half hours to go? That means in half an hour's time we'll have some more Michelin Endurance Cup points. Why do we think Tom Blomqvist was asked to come in again, Jeremy? What are you reading into that, if anything?
4: I'm not necessarily reading anything into it. I think it'll give him that car shown pretty good. Uh, energy usage—it's it's able to go a little bit longer than some of the other cars on on some, some of the stints earlier in the race. So this will give him you know, just a little bit extra, another lap or two uh, over over the rest of the field, And who knows what sort of a difference that could make at the end of the day? That last stint was kind of interesting for Colin for uh, Colin Brown because he started off losing some ground to the cars uh, around him, but then. Uh, turned it up and, and was, was running some very fast laps. So, you know, whether he's just sort of getting used to to energy management here at Sebring, uh, yeah. he still doesn't have an awful lot of time in these cars. So, but uh, he was doing a nice job and keeping pace with everybody else during that last stint. it's now Tom Blumquist who's uh, back at the wheel of that number 60 car. Actually, Lucas, wasn't it? took Yeah, he took over at this uh, at the last round. Jason Anzalone from
2: uh, Michelin talking to us there. GT Cork tweeted at Ipsa Radio. Uh, amazed at the stats that were coming out there. The largest motorsport event in Michelin's history. Largest ever. Uh, and he says, all of that's great, but they do have the sexiest sidewalls in the business. I really wish that had come in whilst Jason's still been here because I've never asked him about sexy sidewalls before. He says, PS... Ah, uh, yes, you see, here we go. PS Flattery, he says... Can you get them to send a pair of 255-40-17 Pilot Sport 4 to Ireland for the Boxster? Do they do them in, in that side? You'd need n uh, tyres as well for your Porsche. N-rated tyres as well, GT Cork. Well, I, I have to say, it. I, uh, I can hardly re- recommend the uh, PS4 Pilot Sport 4 Sports, the sport tyres. Uh, they're have uh, transformed the car that i put them on uh, let's go down to joe bradley who is in the pit lane in turner bmw land i just want to find out if
0: there's any difference in turner bmw land another bmw lands in the area uh, robbie how are your brakes on the 96
1: uh they started to go south a little bit there we're uh we have a little issue that we just sort of fixed with uh michael under yellow here so hopefully we're good to the end uh for me they were sort of okay but i've I've been out of the car for a few hours, so um, we have a good car under us. Uh, ultimately, not the quickest, but if we can get some track position with strategy, I think we're uh, we can take the fight to
0: So the, the the pedal was going long on you, and and so what did that? What what did the team do to rectify that? Was it or exactly?
1: Yeah, it started to go a bit long, so we changed the fronts just out of precaution uh, and topped up the fluid just to make sure everything was okay for Michael.
2: Now and uh, he'll push hard and. Get us back up there. And back to green flag racing with five hours, 26 minutes, and 30 seconds to go, and a great restart from Philippe Albuquerque. The two Cadillacs, Fingerbanders and Pipo Durrani, following in his wheel tracks, but have dropped maybe seven or eight cars lengths. Then it's two or three lengths back to the Porsche of Dane Cameron. It's the number six car with the white pink stripes and flashes on the side side by side the two point and again the 31 car allowed to go through down towards turn number seven well that's twice we've seen it happen that has been managed and once it happened after a a lazy spin must ask what's going on here because that's really interesting to me they can't surely be favouring one over the other uh, championship-wise, this early in the season. Two more penalties, by the way. The court of AMG will get a drive-through again. Minimum refuelling time. And the 23, Aston Martin. Both will take drive-throughs. Now we're back to green. Ah, uh, There's a problem. There's a real problem for the gold It's Cadillac in getting up the pace here. He's very, very slow. Renger is very, very slow indeed. And he's going to get swamped by a Porsche and a BMW. Well, it cuts back in front of the BMW, but through the Jean to Bianne Benz, it was like he was in a different class. The tyres just not well, coming up, or there's something more
4: significant arrived with that car. Is he just being co- particularly cautious in wow. the early stages on this first set of tyres? As we
2: were talking about yeah. bringing the tyres in with Jason Antalone, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It does He's seem...
4: So, lost a lot of ground to the other contenders, so that's for
2: sure. Well, you know, Peepo is now... Um, nearly four seconds up the road. And he, and he passed him at turn seven. So, yes... And why is it that people who also got tyres last time
4: around... I think everybody got... Uh, did everybody yeah, get tyres? I think so. I would imagine so. And, and I think we will do from here on in. Yeah, I think they've saved enough now.
2: But He's been able to get away. The usual shenanigans going on. And the number 91 uh, Porsche just being pushed wide... And also off the gradient NSX, that car has been so much in the wars this week and
4: barely ever of its yeah. own volition, to be honest. It's actually still on the lead lap, remarkably, <laughs> in GTD. Uh, Sheena Monk, but she's certainly going to lose some ground there. And yeah, there is uh, the uh, aero... aeronautics on that car have been severely compromised, of course. Lack of a right front headlight. Let's see, 51.2 last time around for the race leader, 51.9 for people who are behind him, everybody else behind that in the 54s, mainly, of course, because they were held up by Renga van der Zander on that restart lap. Coming across the line now, uh, 50.4 for our race leaders, both of them, 51.0 for Dane Cameron in third position, 52.3 for Renga van der Zander in that fourth-place Cadillac number 01. That that, that last stint just before the halfway point in this race, John, the track was in really good condition. It was. With that cloud cover uh, and uh, with cooler track temperatures, a lot of the drivers taking full advantage of that and sending some really, really good laps.
2: Yeah, and as soon as anybody got any space, it it did seem as though they could do that. A bit of clean air, Jeremy, uh, particularly if they'd kept their tyres in decent condition here's Rengavandazana having to defend again down to turn 7 he was right on the right side of the road on the inside this time against the uh, Porsche of Matt Campbell Dan Cameron's already gone through so Rengav restarted in 2nd he's down to 4th and he's battling to hold on to that at the moment if he's been cautious but he's been ultra cautious as he comes through the sweeper's now and down to the Jean de Benz. this is where he really struggles it's the front end of the car and getting it turned in and you can see the concertina effect with the cars behind all closing in as he has to be extremely conservative with his entry speed to those corners we have got the flashy lights going on with Matt Campbell, he'll come to the right hand side but he didn't have the overlap and therefore can't get the inside line to the first apex never mind the second or third That's a wicked bend, that turn 17, Sunset. Just checking on the number 70 machine of uh, Inception. A few cars behind it as well. Is that still running all right? I think it is. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Pete Porterani now within a second and a half of Philippe Albuquerque. Geared anything last time around. In fact, if anything, lost a couple of three-tenths. But certainly putting pressure on. We're on lap 184. There's five hours and 20 minutes and 18, 17, 16, 15 seconds to go. The battle's going on right through the field, including in LMP2 where Nolan Siegel has stretched about two seconds away from Alex Quinn the two youngsters battling in the 04 crowd strike in the 52 PR1 Matheson wins car in LMP3 Gabby Chavez has 1.8 seconds in his Andretti Autosport Ligier over the Junior 3 Racing Ligier the 30 machine of Garrett Griss and Philippe is another four seconds further back the riding 74, the orange and blue car no the inception was going slow I thought it was, it's a left front deflation on the tyre I just caught it out of the corner of my eye and had to do about half a lap on that now both the Porsche and the BMW have got by Renga van der Zander so van der Zander now down to fifth position sixth position actually make that now after restarting in second and he's not going to hold on to that very much longer either It's Conor De Filippi the BMW team RLL and the BMW M Hybrid V8 number 25 car is right there
4: he is and number, number 60 car also passed Conor De Filippi on that last lap so he went from the seventh position up to fifth and he's right on the tail now of uh, of Maddie Campbell
2: just one tyre change the errant left front on the Inception McLaren Joe Bradley was there watching it they had a quick look at the front of the left hand side of the car and then threw it back out of the track it's already back out on the track Corvette versus Lexus and GT D Pro Tommy Milner restarted in the lead but st- Jack with I think, has gone by him. Davide Ree gone right there as well as they come to the strike this time around. It is. No, it's still Milner, Milner from with Ah, that's the other Lexus ahead of him. So, maybe the GTT green numbered car can help its teammate. John Edwards in fourth for Turner Motorsport with those new front brake pads and discs. now Grenier resets the fastest lap in the number 32 it's the off AMG at the front of the field the gap's opening up just a little bit as Dave Cameron's just put his car's fastest lap of the race in a 149.4 for the number 6 Porsche and a 149.3 for the number 7. They're third and fourth at the moment with Dane Cameron and Matt Campbell and they're trying to close down on the Cunningham on the Acura and the Cadillac from and Engineering, that a first and second. Nolan Seagull has done it really good job today every time he's been in the car he's taken three quarters of a second last time around out of Alex Quinn in the 52PR Matheson car we know that is a quick car and he's just stretched his lead in LMP2 in that 0-4 crowdstrike racing by APR Oregon 0-7 to 4.2
4: the um, personal best laps for number six car Well, both of the Porsches actually on that last lap 49.4 for uh, Dane Cameron 49.3 for Matt Campbell those cars running in third and fourth at the moment chasing after Albuquerque but Albuquerque is uh, once again in the 48s 48.9 this lap 49.0 for Pipo Dorani. it's a torrid pace isn't it
2: Nothing between them, Jeremy, as you see it. The car that has the fastest lap of the race, sinking slowly in the west, much as the sun will do later. 1.52-1 last time around for Renga van der Zander. Dim Cameron, another fastest lap for that car, a 49.4, and another fastest <laughs> lap for his teammate, a 49.1. So Dim Cameron yeah. closing. That's trying to close in on, on uh people Durrani and Matt Campbell trying to close in on Dean Cameron.
4: Yeah, that's the good that's the, the good news is they've set their best laps. The bad news is they both lost time to the first two cars on yeah. that lap.
2: Yeah. Not much. Yesterday the two Porsche Penske Motorsport machines didn't look quite as comfortable over the bumps as the rest of the top class cars. The out of the LMDH cars, the Cadillac probably looked the best over the bumps, the Ferrari has always looked pretty good and unfussed is uh, how I described it when I was watching it at the prologue the Toyota simply majestic and I thought out of the IMSA rule set cars Cadillac look better over the bumps it's an accurate that he's leading now from a chasing Cadillac just three tenths of a second taken out of the leader last time around so people Durrani has got the gap down to eight tenths of a second and as they chase around the circuit they are in 17 now with a huge gaggle of GT cars ahead of them so here's a chance for Durrani perhaps to make some ground, Albuquerque is very good and very decisive in traffic but this amount of traffic that's going to test anybody's skill side by side the WeatherTech AFG going up the inside of the Macintosh BMW that was for fourth position, John Edwards just being eased out of the way by Daniel G Medea Turner Motorsport, they're dropping to 5th, Tech Racing going up to 4th, Tommy Milner for Corvette leads from Jack Hawksworth and Vassar Sullivan Lexus, then Risi in 3rd for Ferrari, they're all in that group, Yeah. that's the battle for the lead, and the overall leaders have got to come through them here, yeah,
4: that's going to be fun isn't it, I mean, it's game on there in That's GTD. a strange idea
2: of fun, Jeremy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just love it. You said Albuquerque that. I'm not sure he'd describe it as fun, to be honest. Well,
4: yeah, well, no, not, not for him, probably. But for, for us to watch, it's great. I mean, the Chevy out in front, then the Lexus, then the Ferrari, then the BMW, then the Mercedes, then the Porsche Lamborghini. So seven different manufacturers in GTD Pro, and they're covered now at the moment by, we're around about five seconds at top. Seven cars in GTD non pro Aston Martin, BMW, Porsche, Lexus, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, Acura, and then Lamborghini. It's incredible, absolutely incredible how closely matched those cars appear to be at this juncture in the race. And we've still got this uh, uh,
2: fascinating. Run to the flag to go in through the darkness Uh, Porsche keys to the race, get to the darkness, react To what's going on, there's been some great changes Of strategy and we'll reflect that in our BDO nose strategy award before the End of the race Very few people perfect in the pitch, a lot of fueling Violations today and I haven't really got to the bottom of that Uh, Maybe Something that Xiao Jiu can investigate with the IMSA pit lane team.
4: Yeah, we, we very rarely have those. And the, the, I seem to remember a few at Daytona, but certainly not. No. We've had, we'd had maybe half a dozen of them.
2: And, and, and it's in classes that don't have the yeah. energy art, so it's not the GTP class. And we're talking about teams who generally know which way is up and should be able to count to 40 seconds, quite honestly. But
6: you know.
4: Yeah, but it, it's—I don't think it's necessarily the 40 seconds, but it's how quickly that fuel went in. I mean, yes. Well, yeah, that's 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 the thing. If it's, I don't know. Is the short answer to yes. that? Well, we'll set
2: set the pit team a little bit of a. Bit of a challenge to see. There seem to have been an inordinate amount of yeah. fuel time infringements. And I just wonder why we're seeing so many of them. Have they changed the way they're measuring it? Have they are they have they been asked specifically to look at it? Not sure. The two Porsches coming through that GT D battle they racing with the number seven Porsche 963 going past it it's a second place car, Marco Sorensen, Hartner Racing Team for GTD leading the class
4: just a second further up the road really impressive run this has been for, for the barbecue. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, he took over this car after 136 laps, so he's done uh, 53 laps now since uh, since getting aboard that number 10 car. He's the third driver in the rotation. Ricky Taylor started, did a double stint. Then... Uh, 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 then marie um, Delatraz did a, a three-stint a three run, and Albuquerque sure, will be uh, getting out at the next round of pit stops, which is uh, still well. the world away yet because the last stint was fairly short because of that full course caution. It's a good long stint for Albuquerque and I would imagine it'll be Ricky Taylor getting in next time.
2: The people asking you who know, are watching the onboard cameras available at IMSA.TV, if there's rain falling on the circuit, it's extremely humid here, but pit lane team seeing no, might have just been some detritus on a windscreen it's it happens quickly here when it happens hello to Marcel Duke who is still in the paddock of the Nürburgring having had his team in the motorsport competing in NLS one today uh, packing up the car takes more than longer than expected he says well I hope we're entertaining you there in the Eiffel region of Germany Where it's uh, after 10 o'clock at night now Surely time for uh, A drink and something to eat A bit of what what?
4: GTD John Yes The number 57 car was leading at the restart uh, the windward racing car that's now down to all of a 76 position. two or three laps ago. Didn't, didn't see what happened. But now Marco Sorensen leads yeah. that class in the half racing Aston Martin, followed by Corey Lewis in the Paul Miller racing BMW after that brake change. Then the Porsche of Zachary Robichon that's for Wright Motorsports, and then the Lexus of Aaron Tielitz. They're separated by not very much, right behind Aaron uh, Pepelli's Magnus Racing Aston Martin Carter 44, and then Russell uh, followed by Antonio Cuoco, who was one of the stars of the WEC this weekend. He claimed that magnificent pole position for Ferrari.
2: Hearing from Race Control that the BMW number 24 is now officially retired, he was a hero than a villain, Jeremy, because uh, he caused the couple of drive throughs. That happened at such inopportune moments just when they uh, when they were trying to make up time that's effectively cost them the two laps that they were behind the Toyota's uh, at the end of the race. But that pull lap, I agree, was absolutely stunning. If you want to relive that by the way, go over to Radiolemont.com, all of the archive from the WEC is already there, that's every session this week, plus our three special programmes of the prologue from last weekend and if you're a fan of endurance racing, particularly GT3 then next weekend we have World Feed TV plus our audio of the 12 hours Italy beautiful countryside there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. See ridgeolivon.com for details. Joe Bradley has Ryan DL down here in the pit lane. He doesn't know yet, but when
0: he turns round, he will. Yep. Ryan, it's uh, turning into a bit of a character-building one for you guys.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say that it's been uh, it's been an interesting one. A couple of penalties that I think him know they're wrong on, um, but we served them without arguing to try and make sure we clawed our way back. But yeah, it's just weirdness. Every yellow doesn't seem to help us. Uh, car's fast, so demolition derby out there. It's a little bit nuts.
0: And uh, what uh, exactly were the penalties for?
1: Uh, the first penalty we got with Dwight on the second or third lap was uh, they had contact with the 51 with Lux, and we spun into the gravel, so we got a penalty for that. So I don't know. You could, you could answer that one for me i don't know i wouldn't dare
0: uh, uh, still a chunk of race though uh, right you, you know you've got to keep pushing on i would imagine that's what you guys are going to do
1: yeah i mean the car's got pace in it we've been fast all weekend um yeah i mean it's that thing where you go down early and you have to push everything to the limit pit stops and then we made a couple of mistakes ourselves so it's like man if we didn't set ourselves up badly in the first hour we probably wouldn't be in this position but yeah like i said one way to go um as we see in racing, it only takes, uh, you know, one yellow every 30 minutes to get your laps back. So, uh, well, we'll keep taking. Obviously, we're, we're not giving up. So, we'll see. You said it's a bit
0: crazy. It's not your first 12 hours of Sebring. Is it extra crazy today? The Worst
1: one I've ever done. Really? Worst one ever from Ride the Elk. Well, I'll, I'll just say that they didn't make it easy for us in a P2 car to stay out of the way of everybody. It's... Uh, a lot of risky moves getting taken by P2 cars to try and pass traffic, and you know, that's why there's, I think, so much attrition in P2 right now. Thanks, Ray.
0: That's got a bit of uh, clout behind it. If Randy Elsin, it's the craziest in 12 hours he's been to. He's been to quite a few, hasn't he?
2: Oh, yes. Just hearing from Shea, by the way, as Renga van der Zander lost another position, and, that, and now sits last, full course yellow Uh, let me finish the thought and I'll I'll get right to why we have it in a moment Rainy van der Sander, well this has come at an opportune time, he's dropped to the back of the running GTP cars, did not take tyres last time around, this is for an off track moment for Max Root in the right motorsports uh, sorry, in the performance tech number 38 so it's uh, Robert Mao excuse me Robert Mao, whose name's been called rather too often. Now, where did he go off? And is that the cause of the full course yellow? He is moving slowly around the circuit according to the tracker. So, continuing slowly. So, this now is our sixth Safety car moment. And this is for, we believe, for the performance tech number 38. Um,
4: Jolly good news for number zero 01. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, exactly sure. with the
2: first thing I said. This is this mm. is so fortuitous. So, confirmed no tyres for that car at the last stop. And he was losing at times three and four seconds a lap, Jeremy.
4: Yeah, Um, Actually more than that the last time around I think it was even more than that
2: Again this seems so important as to how you bring those tyres in now people might think that uh, that's not very fair but it's all part of the skill of what's going on out there at the moment Renga has dropped way back way back from the rest of his 30, I mean even under the safety car he's 30 seconds behind and Philippe Albuquerque started slowing down he started on the tail of the lead car some 8 laps ago So he's lost 30 seconds in 8 laps, debris on the circuit over at the Jean Debian Benz, quite a big bit of debris. Looks like one of the rear legality panels, the cheese wedges, maybe, from behind the rear wheels of a P2 or a P3. And that's what has brought the cars now. Race Controller asking all cars to pack up because they want everybody in the same place to give time for a corner worker or a marshal to go out and pick that up, get it out of harm's way. Oh, At a Radio if you'd like to get in touch with the Jeremy
4: Yeah, D- David Origon in the rediscover the interior Ferrari he just snuck past Jack Hawks with I think um last lap actually coming up to the coming up to the yellow perhaps so uh, we got up to second position the Ferrari yeah, yeah. to second position ahead of force with then Junca in the Mercedes then the BMW John Edwards and uh, Klaus Backler who'd uh, fallen back a little bit in the FAF Porsche and then Romain Grosjean the last car on the lead lap seven cars on a lead lap in GTD Pro
2: under five hours to go we've gone through another race hour let's take whilst we're behind the cadillac v-series imsa edition safety car uh vp racing fuel update Philippe albuquerque leads for Conic the the number 10 ahead of the 31 wheel and engineering racing cadillac v-series people are people durani on board there Dan cameron the number six porsche that's the Porsche Penske Motorsports 963, his teammate Matt Campbell in the number 7 similar car, he's in 4th, Tom Blomqvist for Acura and the number 60 team in 5th position, Conor De Filippi in 7th, BMW M Team RLL in the remaining M Hybrid V8 remember the other car stopped out of the circuit as the number 24 has been officially retired, haven't had word from the team actually what's happened to that, so that's another thing to put on the list of questions to ask for our pit lane team: What happened to the number 24? Why did it stop? In LMP2, Nolan Siegel, CrowdStrike 04, Auriga leads from Alex Green, PR1 Matheson, the 52 wins car in second. Tower Motorsport, Orange and Black number four, uh, number six in third position. All of these Auriga LMP2 cars, the 07s. Rick Ware Racing, Pietro Fittipaldi in the 51. Anders Fjord back, red, white and black, number 20, high-class racing in 5th, and Mikkel Jensen in 7th, 6th rather, for TDS Racing, the 11. That tin car a lot of problems early on. Christian Rasmussen is the Aero Motorsport, mostly blue, number 18, in 7th position, and those are the ones still in contention, although there are laps from Anders Fjord back, is on the lead, lap in class, but uh, Jensen and Rasmussen have dropped laps away in lmp 3 the top five are on the lead lap, 36 Andretti black and white car, Gabby Chavez from Garrett Grist for Junior 3 racing in the 30, Philippe Mirfraga in the orange and blue, number 74 Riley, run this top three leisure then two Duquesnes, JDC Miller, Dan Goldberg back in the number 85, the bright yellow car Ori Fadani, the yellow and black AWA number 13, Duquesne and they are all on the lead lap. Damage to the back of the number six Porsche. Now, how's that happened behind the safety car? Was that a bit of weaving? Oh, oh it? he's been run into. He's been absolutely nailed by a P3 car getting a wave by. Dane Cameron did not veer one way or t'other, and the performance tech car that we think caused this by going off track, getting a wave by, Robert Mao has not covered himself in glory this weekend I think he will be called to have a word with race control after this stint, the team might be asked to take him out of the car here because that was just lack of concentration and he's still trying to pass cars with a broken machine on the pass around that is ongoing
4: Oh dear. Yeah, the Navy veteran there. Uh, not done. This is his...
2: The pass around was called... The pass around was called. Pass around ongoing. And the pits have opened for prototypes just a moment or two ago. But that was particularly... Bizarre. Uh, yes, Preventable, I was going to say, Jeremy, <laughs> yeah. um, that is, that is just basically not knowing, uh, not knowing the width of the car and not being prepared just to wait for a moment to make sure that you have plenty of room before hammering into the back of the number six Porsche. I have a feeling Dean Cameron will not be having Robert Mao on his Christmas card list. Uh, a little while oh, ago, Penske's we asked, uh, indeed, uh, asked Joe Bradley and Shea Adam to see what they could find out about all of these refuelling infringements, and Joe Bradley's fastest fingers first, so he has what he believes to be the answer, what do you know Joe?
0: Yeah, I've just had a chat with Johnny Knox, the chief lane official, and Yeah, there is is an increase. It's the way that the minimum refueling time is being placed, especially in the emergency refueling. When it goes to yellow, you're allowed a pit, and you're only allowed a a minimum amount of fuel to get you back around. It's five seconds. Um, The way that was placed was it used to be placed by uh, the the pit lane officials. Now, uh, because of a situation that happened at Road Atlanta, um, I forget the name of the driver that he mentioned they 've done something checking it 's checking out yeah of course um, oh, and it 's now done it 's now done completely through tech and it 's done a, a much more in a much more scientific technical way right. some sort of device that tells you when the fueler goes on comes off is the best way that can yeah. describe it so that 's why we 're seeing an increase because that system 's new for this year.
3: New for this year, new for this race even, as they are policing it more heavily as far as the refueling rate goes, the flow rate. But the pits are open for the prototypes. And in are the GTP cars down on my end. So we have the number 10. Ricky Taylor was sitting back semi-casually and he sprung into action as soon as the FCY came out because he realized his time to drive was up yet again. Already three hours of this race with him spent behind the wheel of the number 10 Econica Acura and now he's climbing in for some more which means we should be able to have a chat with Philippe Albuquerque in a couple of moments. Also, with a pit stop and a driver change, Ringo Vandezanda out of the 0 1. Sebastian Borde is back in. Fuel and new tires for Pipo Durrani, a very short fuel load for him. And now he meets out the Conica Minolta Let's see if he picks up on the red light at the pit exit. Yes, he does. Big change up in the lead of the race during that pit sequence.
0: The 0-4 CrowdStrike Racing uh, LMP2 leader. it seems That car seems to have been in the lead of LMP2 since the very start. I know it's ebbed and flawed a little, but that car's been in. It's, uh, it's been in, and it's taken on tyres and fuel, and I'm pretty sure they didn't change driver by the time we got here. Is it still no, no, uh, the young man, Nolan well, Siegel, at the uh, at the wheel?
2: I should tell you when he leaves the pit lane, which yeah, he'll do course. in just a moment. I, uh, think, the... he sta- I
0: think he stayed in, John. There's no sign of a sweaty he driver, did. anyway.
2: Now... The... <laughs> The Pr1 Matheson 52 car, Alex Quinn, has been the car that they've been battling with. That car did not pit, and so has picked up the lead. They've taken track position over the pit stop in LMP2. And uh, by the way, Robert Mao got the wave by, drove into the number six Porsche, past the safety car. And then drove into the pits. Now, the pits were open for prototype, but he has to join the back of the queue first before he goes into the pits. So effectively, he's entered a closed pit. He's going to get a penalty for that as well. I would say it's not been a banner afternoon. Swift work by the team down at Dane Cameron's pits for Porsche Penske Motorsport replaced the bodywork. And fortunately, I think it was only bodywork damage that Robert Mao caused there. And now it's cost them some real estate, but in terms of the race with 4 hours and 52 minutes to go, Jeremy Shaw, it's not the worst thing that could happen. Yes, it'll be inconvenient, but thank goodness no worse damage was done.
4: Indeed, so if it is just cosmetic there, then yes, but uh, it was a pretty stout hit because that bodywork kind of fell apart, didn't it? So um, one has to hope that the damage is no more significant than that. Uh, in the LMP2 ranks number 52 car didn't come into the pits that time Alex Quinn stayed out so he will take over in the lead of that class all of the other car uh, Cars on the lead lap, which were four others that being the number 04 the number 8 number 51 and number 20 All did come into pit lane number 11 car and number 18 were a lap down and I think with the seven, 52 cars staying out there, there might still be a lap down. Which would be annoying for them.
2: Yes. Absolutely. pit are for the GTs. Don't forget, we were looking at strategy here, so team, remember things, write things down. Our BDO knows strategy coming up at the end of the race Joe Bradley is watching the BMW pit of Paul Miller for the number one car to come in which it does right now. We're going to
0: take full advantage of this full course caution and change not just tyres and refuel but change driver as well Uh, I'm also trapped behind the the 78, the Arrow Lamborghini, that's changing drivers, tyres and everything else but uh, back to Paul Miller this is the car that's in contention We've had problems with BMW brakes all the way in this GTD field and the number one gets going. The Lamborghini's being delayed.
3: Remember how I said something about drivers needing to not slow down when in the fast lane? Well we almost had an issue because Jack Coxworth and the 14 Lexus slammed on the brakes when the 79 of Danny Jinkadea was right up his tailpipes and Danny jerked at the last possible second to move further over to the left to avoid barely scraping the back of the Lexus with his Mercedes. That could have been a lot worse. Driver changes for the WeatherTech Mercedes. It's Morrow Angle back aboard that car. It was also a driver change for the 14 Lexus. Jack Hawksworth got out. I think it was Kyle Kirkwood getting back in. Fuel and tires for the number three Corvette. And the red light at pit exit was on. A long line of cars waiting to go back out.
4: That's and the car that did not come into the pits I believe in GTD was number 96 Tournament Sport BMW uh, Michael Dynan is the wheel of that car, they put it under the, the uh, yeah. most recent caution which was not that long ago,
2: yeah changed brakes as well on the front of that car didn't they yeah
4: you? It, a little earlier on didn't they, that's right so, uh, so they elected not to come in and that will uh, I believe vault that car to the lead in GTD by the time we get back to Green Flag Racing with what, 4 hours and uh, 48 minutes remaining. So we passed the 7-hour mark. Well, right after we went to yellow. Actually. Yeah. So one more hour, there'll be another uh, slew of points awarded for the Michelin Endurance Cup. So we'll keep our eyes on that one.
2: Coming up to 25 minutes past 5 in the afternoon hello to you if you are just joining us uh, back in Europe just coming up to 25 past 9 25 past 10 25 past 9 in the UK 25 past 10 in Europe people perhaps getting home from a day out or settling in if there's nothing to watch on the telly and tuning into to our live free world feed on the video imsoradio.com Drop down menu on the top left hand side. And if you're outside the US and you couldn't, we just have a TV deal, you could watch without any interruption. Joel, uh, we'll go down to share in a second after Jeremy Yeah, Shaw. just
4: very quickly the number 31 car now, then, as uh, was described down the pit lane, uh, is back in the lead of the race for the first time since lap uh, 27. Wow. The end of its first stint in the race. We've now completed 196 laps, and that car which has been really fast, is now where Pipo Durani wants it to be. Yes, very good point. Cheers, Adam.
3: Philippe Albuquerque, you just jumped out of the iconic Minolta Acura. You guys are doing long stints for each of the drivers. Does that make your life even more difficult considering how hard you were racing yesterday?
7: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. at one point I was like really happy when this full car is yellow came because I could rest my arms. Um, yeah, so far so good. I mean, I was lucky to inherit the, the lead because we just spit it just before the safety car but then the car was really really good so we could control and uh, keep on the leads Unfortunately, on the driver change was a short one Ricky going in the buckle went down and uh, we lost the lead now but again there's still a lot of time to go uh, many yellows so we need to keep it calm
3: How have you guys been handling this double stinting of the tires and should you be good to the end now for new ones?
7: Yeah actually I think my team might well be a bit upset with me because uh, they were doing double stints. And uh, when I got in, it uh, was no need anymore to double stint. So I never double stinted. So I just put new tires all the time. So I was happy, man. So I was you know, trying to predict what it was coming and protecting the rears and the, the, the tires. And, uh, and then he came to me, okay, there is no more it's double stint for it. And I just started to push.
3: So now we have official confirmation you are Wayne Taylor's favourite son. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and
7: we will have a, a battle between sons now.
3: <laughs> Great job out there, Philippe. We'll look forward to seeing what you do the rest of the race. Thank you very much. Oh,
2: like that a lot. Well done, Chip. Thank you to Philippe for the information. So our Porsche keys to the race, Jeremy. The uh, tyres, new sets for the end. Well... There's a car there that with four and three-quarter hours to go, the number 10 car, which will be new sets of tyres, all the way to the chequered flag. So they've done their double stinting, Jeremy. They've taken the pin, and now it's all about performance.
6: So yeah.
2: That we know. I would think the other teams have done something similar. It was interesting. I thought, very interesting to see the difference in the tyre performance between uh, the warm tyre performance between the different cars and indeed the different teams. So as we come back to the restart, here's our VP, Racing Fuel in race update. Right through this quickly for those of you on Highlands ESPN 106.3. Wheel Engineering 31 Cadillac with the red front leading the black and blue number 10 Acura from Connick Manolta Acura. Porsche Penske Motorsports number 7 with the black pinstripes, the 963. In third, fourth, Elio Castro Neves back behind the wheel of the number 60, the white and purple car. All on the lead lap, as is Conor De Filippi in the 25 BMW T RLL classic M Sport colours on that M Hybrid V8 then we've got Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac Racing that's the gold fronted Cadillac, the 0-1 and Mathieu Jaminet spent a little bit more time in the pits for Porsche Penske Motorsports because of that uh, somewhat bizarre incident where he was running to by a car on the pass around but now in the performance tech number 38 in LMP2 the battle between the 52 Matheson Motorsports wind car and the 04 crowd strike by APR continues Alex Quinn has just pit it in that 52 car, now that's interesting so he went around and didn't pit and now he has pitted. it so he's going to give up and Joe Bradley tells me that Alex Quinn's getting out of that. Well, we'll have to find the thinking behind that. Because he's going to drop all the way the, to the back of the cars that are on the lead lap. I think he'll drop to the fifth place in the LMP2s. So now it's Nolan Siegel that leads for CrowdStrike from Scott McLaughlin in the number eight Tower Motorsports car. So the red, white and black from the black and orange. Then... Rick Wears, number 51, Pietro Filippaldi, high-class racing, the red, white, and black, number 20, and then, I think, the 52 PR1 Matheson car, the wins car, will come out. LMP3, all on the lead lap down to fifth position, so that's Riley, number 74, the orange and blue car, Andretti Autosport, the black and white 36, Junior 3, the 30, EWA, the 13, Matt Bell back behind the wheel of that car, and on that round of pit stops, the Riley number no. 74 Ranch Car went from third to first. Behind Matt Bell in fourth position in the black and yellow AWA, till Bechtelsheimer in the bright yellow number 85. Tony Kazimitz is a lap off the lead in the RV Motorsports number no. four. In GTD Pro, it's the bright yellow number no. three Corvette. From Morrow Engel in the white with red and blue swooshes on the side, the Weathertech Racing AMG GT3. Klaus Black Backler in the number 9 Plaid, Faf driveway Porsche Risi Competizione the dark red Ferrari 296 the 62 car and then it's Bill Orbel in the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW M4 GT3, Vassar Sullivan and their uh, Lexus number 14, cook J- Kirkwood John Pepper for Iron Lynx in the Lamborghini Huracan the great number 62 car and in GTD, right Motorsports have popped to the front.
0: And yeah.
2: They hold the point at the moment in that number 16 blue and black car from Madison Snow in the mainly white, blue and red. Paul Miller Racing number one BMW Aston Martin Vantage Roman to Angel- Angeles Heart of Racing 23. 27, excuse me, Phil Ellis, Winwoods, Mercedes, the dark blue 57, Max Root, the 77, Wright Motorsports, Porsche, and Andy Lally makes up the top six for Magnus in the 44. Joe Bradley has some news from the pit lane on a question we posed earlier.
0: So, Alex Quinn has just handed the 52 to uh, Paul Lubchatan. You, you came in for that pit stop late in that yellow period. Uh, what, any idea what that was?
6: Yeah, like you said to me before the interview, you're probably asking the wrong person. I know you're the racing driver. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I trust them. They know what they're doing. We're, there is a battle here with when you come into the pits and uh, and timing and everything. But was quite happy with my stint. Um, traffic management was was hard, but yeah, it's a it's a important thing that you get right here, and I think it went quite well in that one. Um, the car felt good, so hopefully, as the race goes on and maybe as it gets cooler, will be more competitive.
2: OK, Alex, we see how it transpires. Joe Bradley down in the pit lane as we go back green. And Pete Durrani then leads them across the, l- the line. The Cadillac V-Series are... Ricky Taylor trying to stay with him. Side by side through turn number one. Castro Neves and Conor de Filippi were having a bit of a battle. Sebastian Portier right in there as well. Further back... Scott McLaughlin might have got past Nolan Siegel on the restart there. I'll have to see what's going on in LMP2 a little bit further back. And also, Glenn Van Berlo had a really good restart. At the Andretti Autosport number 36 in LMP3. He restarted in second position. It's a good restart by Pete Bordarani. He's not under any pressure at all. And there's Underneath the Corvette B, bridge, more carbon fiber We'll be going back to full course yellow here. I think this might be the 74 Ranch Riley. I thought Philippe Mifrager and Glenn Van Burler were side by side there. Oh. Full course yellow. Yellows, breed, yellows. And pit lane violation speeding for Ricky Taylor's Cunningham and Alder can't take it now we're under full course yellow and more than emergency service in a closed pit for the number 38s performance tech we knew that I think they just wanted to get Robert Maher out of that car to be honest there will be no quote unquote folder roll uh, here 93, Racers Edge NSX has lost the front end, ah, so that's what it was, it was red not orange and I can see bits of tape all over the place, so maybe they'd had some issues earlier on, or had they just run into the back of someone in the restart, big, oh, it's popped off on its own, almost, and then comes down on the track and gets absolutely shattered, by the cars following it the 91 Kelly Moss Riley Porsche just missed it as did the Iron Dames Lamborghini our hard-working EMR safety crew are out to pick the bigger bits up need the, the old witch's brooms here don't we are a blower so full course yellow and 200 laps completed and penalty for the number 38 this is the performance tech car incident responsibility under yellow with the number six Porsche uh, that will be a stop plus 60 and they also have a stop plus 60 for more than emergency service so they'll have to come in and take now can they do that at the same time and do a stop plus two minutes I think they've got to go out and come back round again here haven't they
3: Yep, two separate trips down the pit lane for both of those. Uh, hand across the throat for the ninety-three. This is done, uh, unfortunately. There is damage well up into the nose of this car. Crew sank suspension as well. Not looking great. Uh, there's just a lot of damage, and yep, they are they're going to take it back to the garage. But this car won't be coming back out.
2: Quick, hello, Alan McNish.
3: Hello, Alan McNish.
2: Listening and uh, watching in from. Uh, Back in Europe, an impressive fact that it's the biggest ever race weekend for Michelin Sport. He said, I didn't miss the number of tyres that uh, Jason Antalone mentioned. Can you repeat for those with less than perfect hearing? 17,800, I think is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a number that hardly
4: computed, it It was so big. It (laughs) it would keep me
2: going for a while, I tell you that. It would uh, even the sideways antics of Chris Harris would keep him going in tyres for quite a long time. Nice to know you tuned in, Alan. I hope uh, Kelly and the family are well. Live across the world on RS2 as part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels and if, like Alan, you're outside of the United States if you click on the homepage of Imseradio.com, the little menu button at the top left the first item on the drop-down menu is live video, and you can watch all the way through to the end without any interruption. So, a rather, again, fractious and fractured part of the race. But we'll be back underway fairly quickly. Just to reiterate what Shea said, that was the race's edge car now out of the race... I presume, Sheer, that was because the the fixings for that clamshell bonnet on the NSX have been broken away. Uh, or is oh, mm, actually, this? No,
3: it's a lot more than that, John. Yes. Uh, the radiator is twisted and demented in a manner in which it shouldn't be. The hoses are kinked. Uh, the suspension is not looking all that great. Was that all
2: from what the bonnet that? coming off? No, or did they hit no there the had to have been to contact.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. The the nose is pushed in in a manner like it had a very uh, firm stop with somebody and uh, nobody from the team actually saw the incident. Uh, Kyle Marcelli is still up on the box. I'll yell if I can get him down.
4: Oh, wow. Yeah, there he is. That was a replay of it.
2: So, coming through to turn number three, he gets through it was Ashton, was it? Uh, Ashton Henry was driving, ran into the back of uh, Aston Harrison, excuse me, uh, who was driving? I think ran into the back of a Lexus, which must have uh, done the damage, and then the air gets underneath, accelerating out of turn number five to six, mm-hmm. and goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's up almost at the height of the bottom of the drive-over bridge, and a fantastic piece of driving and reaction, reactive driving for both the Inception Frederick Schandorf and the 32 Kenton Cook for Team of Motorsport who seems like five minutes ago was uh, relaxing here in the booth let's go to share Adam and uh, see what we can find out about that this is a car that he's only doing the long races it was the number 12 lexus i think that took the brunt of that hitch yeah
3: yeah no, and not not really sure what happened to cause that uh, issue that then caused the bonnet to come off but there was some contact there this obviously not the way you wanted to end the weekend but you're still going to take away good feelings starting on pole position today
1: <laughs> yeah bittersweet um Really frustrating. I, I haven't seen a replay yet, so I, I can't, you know, r- be real accurate on, on my thoughts. But it, it just seemed like a turn three stack up uh, in the brake zone. I think maybe also the, the the one Lexus was sort of letting by the sister car, and uh, and just sort of caught us out. Um, so tough, really tough. I mean, it's just sort of a racing incident. Uh, it, really tough to predict those stack ups. That's all, and it, it's just a real shame for. For the team, these guys have worked their butts off, and you know, we had a good car putting it on the pole position. And we were just waiting for the track to cool down and temps to drop. And I think we would have been a little stronger this evening, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know what the repair is like right now.
3: Well, and Danny from all here too. Uh, the good news, at least, the next race for you guys will be Watkins Glen. You race there with Kyle. You guys have done very well there in the past in a Super Trofeo. You're looking forward to that, I'm sure. But did you enjoy your experience here today?
7: Well, first off. You know n- never want to end a race like this this way uh like Kyle said I'm not sure if the car's coming back out uh Ashton did a fantastic job Kyle did an incredible job yesterday in, in qualifying also his first in today uh yeah it was, it was fun for sure my first 12-hour experience was, was great the track was really really greasy really difficult to drive uh you know it's 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 frustrating I feel so bad for the team for everyone for Ashton she's probably all upset and and understandable right but uh, it's racing uh we'll we'll come up better the next time and uh again, just so thankful to be here razor's edge wtr andretti everyone here that's giving me this opportunity so uh going to this
3: thanks guys cheers thank you
2: big moment uh for danny Formal as well at turn one where he was air accurate for a little while you can hear the disappointment in the voices there that is the very definition of a racing incident, a bit of a stack up after a restart and it didn't seem that big of a hit to of course that much damage to be honest, another fabulous restart as we go back to green with 4 hours and 30 minutes on the nose to go and people, to Rod, he's cleared off there, he's not risking anybody running into the back of him behind the Biohaven car tries to go down the inside Scott Huffington Paul Lube, down and Christian Rasmussen all together there at the back of the lmp 2 field. Rasmussen uh, a lap down I think as it's got Huffager unfortunately in the TDS
4: number 11 now. Yeah they're both both one lap down so Rasmussen (laughs) did get a lap back during that uh, recent caution period but uh, the number 11 car didn't and that's as a result the number 52 car not coming into the pits with the other lmp 2 leaders.
2: And that car's dropped down to 5th the last car on the lead lap for Paul loup Shatland. so the drive back for PLC starts right now, people Durrani had eight tenths across the line and he's made good use of that from the restart and Brittany Taylor didn't stay with him this time, side by side for one of the Lexus with the was at the Turner Motorsport BMW, I think it was the number 95 car as they were battling for position. Bill Oberlin and Kyle Kirkwood, fifth and sixth, out on the far side of the circuit. Durrani then leads by an increased margin down towards turn 17. There was some side by side action. Porsche on BMW, it's turn number 10. That turn no, oh, that must have been. 13, excuse me BMW and ah, there was just about enough room there yeah. Jeremy Yeah. A, a BMW and a tenth yeah. uh, but <laughs> now here comes the second place car into the pit lane this is the drive through for pit lane speed limit violation and straight after a full course caution, that is awful absolutely awful there's going to be a huge amount of cars for Ricky Till at the pass and he's followed through as off has gone the JDC 85 car this is the LMP2 and the LMP3 machine Till Bechtelsheimer on the far side of the circuit he's touched the wall it's very gently it's over on the airfield side of things There's no dive planes missing. He found reverse. Now, again, did he jump or was he pushed? No, I'd tell a lie. It's turn one. My apologies. He's. Oh, maybe didn't even touch it. Great save. Great save. Hard on the brakes, reversed the lock and spun the car round. Was left facing wall took a deep breath remembered how to find reverse and then then got himself out so we stay green so there was some side by side earlier on in gt and sure. now we've got the 23 car moving slowly so it was the other aston martin heart of racing team and alex riberas moving slowly I said I thought I'd seen some side by side with uh, Bill Oberlin so maybe it was at, no that's that would have been right so that car has continued my goodness every single restart every single lap as as if it was the last lap of the last race of the season yeah. and the championship was on the line Ricky Taylor perfect. carving his way back through after stopping in the pits has got a huge amount of traffic. He's passing cars left and right in that number 10, Conningham and that accurate from WTR with Andretti Autosport. At the front of the GT profile, Mauro Engel must be getting a bit bored of looking at the back of the Corvette number three. He follows it much longer, he'll be able to draw it from memory.
4: Up at the front, meanwhile, uh, on board with uh, Sebastian Bourdais, he made a great restart, well, the previous restart, yeah, he made up uh, a couple of positions, managed to get past both number 60 and the number 25, and now he's tracking behind Maddie Campbell, who is into second place with that pit stop for the number 10, the penalty, I should say, for number 10. At the front...
2: People, with 1.7 seconds of a lead. 12 hours of Sebring for 2023. Man 2 for most, but not all of the championships. And the Mobile 1, 12 hours of Sebring. Yet to go into its decisive phase. The sun goes down just after half past seven tonight. So in about a couple of hours we'll be talking about the headlights making a difference by 8 o'clock it's going to be dark Seagull good restart too Scott McLaughlin challenged on the restart at the Tower Motorsport number 8 but could get by Ed Jones for High Class Racing is right with McLaughlin now as they're battling LMP3, Philippe Mifar- Fraga for the number 74, Riley has got his hands full of Garrett Grist the number 30 Junior 3 racing, they've pulled about four seconds away from Glenn Perlo, who's now under pressure from the AWA number 13, the black and yellow car that's Matt Bell behind the wheel of that one Three of the four classes, three of the five classes, coming across the start finish line now and into the first corner at turn one. Still to come, we have to it on the BDO nose strategy award. We'll revisit the next set of points that comes in 23 minutes for the Mission of Endurance Cup. And don't forget when the chequered flag drops in four hours and 23 minutes. That ends the race, but starts the conversation for post-race tech. Michelin post-race tech is the hashtag. Hashtag Michelin PRT, should I say it, at IMSA radio. Hartner Racing 27, Aston Martin. Right up behind now. The... uh, Porsche... Deals with that fairly easily. That was a Porsche. Was that the Kelly Moss No, it wasn't, it was the bright yellow car. There it is in front as they go through tower turn. And oh, Angeles trying to hunt down that machine. Chris Allen has taken out the number 38 performance Tech Motor Motorsport car after its several uh, penalties, stop and hold penalties down into turn 17 Fafblad Porsche the driveway machine Risi Competizione Competizione Ferrari we've seen this before, Porsche versus Ferrari out of turn 17 with prototype traffic coming through as well they cross the line down into turn one 2007 all over again well we've still got 4 hours and 20 minutes or so before we can start getting that excited and Porsche then sitting in second position with Davide Regon in third behind Klaus backler it's Klaus backler's first goal at the Sebring 12 hours his first full season of IMSA Previous seven starts in competition were all at the Rolex
4: tourner 24. He's lost a second a lap, each of the last two or three laps in that number nine coverage. He is still holding on to third place, just from the recent Ferrari, the uh, Macintosh Turner Motorsport, BMW, and then Andy Lally, uh, who is uh, running fourth in GTD, non-pro. Uh, yes. Into the 48s there for our race leader, people at 48.86 for him. That's uh, that's not hanging around, is it? That's really good at this stage in the game.
2: That's just uh, four tenths of a second or so away from that car's best lap of the race. The gold Cadillac, or front of the Cadillac of Sebastian Portier, has Matt Campbell to aim at ahead of him. He's in the red, white, and black number seven. It's the car with the black pinstripes and swooshes on the side. All of these cars looking a bit battle scarred and race weary now, which is how they're meant to look. Love it at this time of the race. They'll get a wee bit more dirt on them, a wee bit more dust on them before the end of tonight. The cloud, by the way, that was looking slightly threatening earlier on has cleared. Air temperature 29 Celsius, track 28 that's 82 Fahrenheit on the track and 84 in the air I think Bode is just closing in a little bit on Matt Campbell not by much as they go past the part of racing Aston Martin down into turn 17 I'd say that's just about a second now maybe a little less Leader crosses the line Durrani, that's the end of lap 208 for him, two seconds the gap, yeah it's eight tenths now from Campbell to Porte, Elio Nevis two seconds further back, fastest lap of the race for Mathieu Jaminet in that car and that car is number six, that was the car that was run into the Porsche pesky Motorsport 963, run into some significant body damage actually luckily they didn't get any suspension damage on that car.
4: Incredible really how much damage there was to the body work and you seems to have got away with it and as you said just heard his best lap of the race so hasn't affected uh, too yeah. much at all. How's the car Matthew? I don't know. <laughs> yeah look, also, look at the also a new fastest lap of the class in LMP2 there for Nolan Siegel out in front in that crowd by APR entry he's pulled out about five seconds Over Scotty McLaughlin, that's a pretty darn good effort.
3: Alexander Sims, I owe you full credit. You were standing on the pit wall when that first caution came out, when it was damaged to your car, courtesy of an LMP3, and I looked at you and said, it's your car, and you said, I know, I trust my crew. Well, you certainly should trust your crew, out leading the race. Has the damage affected the handling of the Cadillac at all?
8: Uh, no, I think since we replaced the nose, uh, the car's car's working well. Um, pace seems to be sensible. Um, yeah, conditions have changed quite a bit since I was last in the car um, when the sun was out. So looking forward to, to getting back in now and driving it in anger.
3: Do you get the honour of taking it into the sunset?
8: Uh, yeah, I guess it probably will be. I haven't worked out times, but yeah, I'm in for the next bit after after Pipo's stint now.
3: What's it been like working with this Whalen Engineering crew?
8: It's been lovely, um, obviously still quite new to the team, to be honest, having just done Daytona, um, but we did a, a decent amount of testing as well. So uh, feeling at home here and uh, yeah, really enjoying driving these uh, these GTP cars.
3: Has it been extra special for you with the wet here this week as well, having so many friends, extra friends to cheer you on and will you on to this potential first Sebring 12 hour win?
8: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's lovely to have the two paddocks together and and see a lot of friends um, that you normally wouldn't come across until Le Mans. Um, So so that's been very nice. But yeah, in terms of this race, we won't get ahead of ourselves just yet. Um, A long way to go. But yeah, I mean so far it seems like we're in the mix. Good luck. Thank you. And
2: being in the mix is all you can ask for. After that, it's how you execute. Nico Pinard, Sean Creech Motorsport, number thirty-three. Uh, an incident with the number 85, I think, race control has said. Uh, and that's been ruled inconclusive. Ah, so that was how Till Bechtelsheimer ended up in the or near to the wall for the JDC Miller Motorsports. Inconclusive. So, Till uh, has got that car moving again. Yeah, but and at least and it's been looked at.
4: Yeah, and did sell the lead lap as well. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. So, coming up to 6 o'clock local time, Highland ESPN 106.3 FM, Sirius XM, and of course around the world on RS2, take us with you wherever you go, you're having to move around at this time of the night here in the continental USA, and that Sirius XM channel will be perfect for you if you are so equipped, or Bluetooth your phone, or your device to the car. And if you're outside the U.S., you can be watching live and free. No sign-up, no subscription. Imseradio.com. The drop-down menu on the top left of the front page. And live video is the first item. Now, how about a battle for second place? Yes, please. Right in the middle of the GTD battle for the lead GTD pro battle for the leading spots. The red and black number seven. The black pin stripes, that is the Porsche 963 of Max Campbell, carves his way past Bill Oberlin. Jeremy, you said this was his 100th weather tech weekend for Bill yeah. Oberlin?
4: Yeah, the first uh, driver to accomplish that uh, milestone. Yes, uh, he has, uh, more starts than anybody else in the, yeah. uh, in the field.
2: So... Seb Bourdais, right up behind Matt Campbell when they came across the line and now Davide Regum is the next target for Matt Campbell and he dispatches the Risi competizione Ferrari but he's lost ground and goes off the track at turn number 13, dropping the left-hand side. Michelin's into that tr- ever-growing trench before yeah. he has to commit to the fast series of sweepers with dirty left-hand side tyres and a huge dive towards the back of him from Bordier. came from nowhere and went miles off the track. And here comes Elio Castro, never is good. OK, boys, let me have a go. I'll have a play as well, thanks very much. He probably says it far more elegantly than me because he's got a nicer accent. Coming down to turn 17. Uh, was that over-ambitious for Borde? Or did Matt Campbell have to over because of the traffic and the dirt on his mission and tyres, on the left-hand side tyres, the loaded side tyres? It's three wide across the track. Here comes Castro Neves down the inside. That's a fantastic manoeuvre by Elio Castro Neves. quality, class stuff. Using the traffic, but here comes Seabass back up the inside at Turn Three. Wow, that's feisty, just the way we like it in Ibiza. So two position changes, one at Turn One, one at Turn Three, and that is the battle for third overall. Mattia jamini is only a second and a half further back, and as soon, once again, we've seen it all race long. As soon as you start fa- uh, fighting, it all starts to get. A little bit tight. I think maybe Bordier just did get a little yeah. bit too close to well, the back there was of the Porsche. Of,
4: there was a bit of a lock-up wasn't there on, on, yeah. the, uh, on the rear brakes on that car and it sort of slapped sideways, he, he just c- elected to go straight on there, make sure he didn't hit the back of the Porsche.
2: Which was held up then onto the Ullman straight yep. a little bit because of the BMWs, the Paul Miller car. The corner before though was the dust-throwing moment yeah. and I just wonder if there was a little bit of dirt uh, and therefore lack of grip as the Porsche turned in just seemed to, to the right hand it just seemed to cash pass slightly out of out of kilter and by surprise oh, wow. but then uh, the, the pass into turn one from Elio chopped across the track after they were, as they were going past the slower cars, that yeah. was quality stuff.
4: It was, but it cost him on the exit, did yes. He was slow off the corner, and Sebastian Bourdais comes back, does the over-under, he gets him on the inside into turn three. Great racing between two great drivers.
2: that Just not sure the, exactly the uh, the character and the mindset of those two drivers because yeah. it's slightly slightly different. Ellie will go for a gap any time you want, and Sebastian Bourdais just sort of thinking to himself, ah, oh, no, you know, a bit more considered, yeah. more pre- pre- professorial with his, with his glasses. Ah, yeah, yeah. look over the top of my glasses. Like <laughs> I'll have you back in turn three. <laughs>
4: the, uh, the two oldest drivers, of course, in the uh, GTP field, Elio's 48 y- 47 years old nowadays, hard to believe, uh, and uh, Sebastian's 44. So they are the uh, the, the uh, elder statesmen of the GTP class, but clearly have lost none of their... Uh, abilities or their desire
6: yeah
2: and their enjoyment
4: as well oh it's great
2: yeah it really is they're in the they're seriously enjoying it it doesn't matter what happens for elio every time you talk to him if if the car comes back on the back of a flatbed he'll find something positive to say about it he'll have a smile on his face i've had a drive of a car today i'm happy you know i've had a good time i've been at the racetrack. White yeah. right, Porsche in a battle here with the number 57 Windward car, and they're battling in GTD.
4: Yeah, as, as he'd taken the lead, okay, because he'd lost the lead, uh, Zachary Robichon, to Philip Ellis, but he's back, back ahead again Correct. of him now. So they've been back and forth a few times Madison over f- the last few laps. Sorry,
2: Jeremy. Madison's still about two seconds off this, and then Andy Lally, six seconds behind the top three this is another cracker isn't it Addison Snow will see those two cars ahead of him Now remember that BMW has not got pristine brakes the car in third position they were struggling even before half distance with the brakes and Brian Sellers sounded a little bit dejected BMW caught off number 32 Kenton Cook trying to get on terms with Andy Lally he's about two seconds up the road he's got Roman De Angelis in the 27 Aston behind him Lally in the Aston Martin Vantage for Magnus of course the 44
4: yeah had a great run uh, again at Daytona uh, in the uh, opening race of the season for that Magnus racing car came away with a uh, a oh
2: spin for the right car I think it was a little touch that's going to hit the wall oh almost avoided that now, is there steering damage, or have they got away with that? See if we can get a gear. Taking off the left wing end plate. Has to wait for the traffic. And the 57 car's gone around as well. Oh. That'll be damage, side-by-side damage. With that from Phil Ellis. The Windward Racing car, so Zachary Robichon and Phil Ellis getting... too comfy and cozy, and they have dropped a huge amount of... Positions. Ellis goes around the outside of the stricken AMG. Coming down to turn one, line of stern. Ellis is going to dive to the inside, the left-hand side of the track. He's alongside. They're side-by-side. I'm not sure. Was there a touch? There might have just yeah. been a touch on the front right of the AMG to the front left of the of the Porsche, and then Ellis spins with a, a puncture. Yep. So puncture was on the wrong side, was it not? No, it's on the right-hand side, that's fine. Meantime, the TDS, the remaining TDS car has uh, decided to change the aerodynamic profile on the front of uh, the car. In fact, no, that's the uh, 11 car, yes, it is. The 35 has had a heck of a lot of troubles, hasn't it? So this is the sixth place scott huffinger driven tds man doing double genie this weekend Going to need to do a stop and hope it falls off he's picked up the vp racing fuel banner i think that's a pit pit stop there for scott yeah, that's
4: annoying isn't it yeah it just won't fall off it's so it kind of i think the dive plane has kind of wedged its way through there and it's not yeah. going to let go
2: he's going to have to come into the pit lane because he'll be overheating all sorts i mean it's the ah it's brought in oh. front suspension that is very bad luck there was no intent there at all broken front suspension on the 57 it's Philip Ellis and broken front suspension and steering arm as well he's trying to get the Techmet 57 car back to the pit no intention there at all that was clean racing they were side by side but the bumps do move you around and the slightest of touches between those two cars but the camber that's the amount difference between where the top of the tyre is and the bottom of the tyre is they lean out from underneath the wheel arches a lot of people coming in to the pits anticipating a full course yellow which has come as we are six minutes away from handing out Michelin Endurance Cup points now. Does that mean that some people are going to stay out here, Jeremy? Uh,
4: yes. I think it probably does. Uh, what, uh, six minutes away, so there'll be a couple of laps under caution. It'll be around about then, though, that the uh, the pits are open. So I think the uh, the hour mark will elapse before the pits are opened. Just about. That's a really unfortunate... So I'll tell you what, though. Uh, uh, Pete Bundorani, he'd been flying at the front of the field, really turning some quick laps there. Uh, a couple of 48s in there and the other guy who was turning some good laps was Ricky Taylor Yeah, uh, he was he clearly was annoyed after that pit stop and he was flying along there, he made up about uh, oh yes because they had
2: the, uh, the pit stop penalty for, yeah, for over speed he,
4: he was making up a second a lap on those cars ahead of him
2: So a quick VP racing uh, rundown in a moment or two, uh, quick update on the 24 BMW, we said it had retired, it was uh cooling issues on that particular car and uh, we're coming up to the 4 hour mark 4 hour to go Uh, so that's more points as we said for Michelin Endurance Cup so we have as follows in our VP racing fuel in race update people to Rani for wheel and engineering leading having completed 215 laps Matt Campbell Porsche Penske Motorsport number 7 in second Seb Bordier Cadillac Racing that's the gold fronted car the zero one one in third the 60 Elio Castro Neves after a great battle between he and Sebastian Bordier in the number 60 Acura ARX 06 it's the white purple and blue car second of the Porsche Penske Motorsports the car with the white stripes and flashes down the side is the number 6 that's in 5th position for Mathieu Jaminet and rounding up the top 7 all on the lead lap in GTP Conor De Filippi for BMW Team RLL the remaining car is the number 25 ahead of Ricky Taylor who'd been doing a cracking job trying to close back in after that pit lane speeding penalty put him well down the field and in the midst of Uh, midst midst of all of the midfield traffic but he will be back on the back of the top six when the class split is done so this brings him right back into it, in LMP2 what a brilliant battle we've had all the way through, the crowd strike racing by APR has been leading for quite a long time now Nolan Siegel in the 0-4 high class racing have been there or thereabouts certainly in the top 3 or 4 for the whole race as has Tower Motorsports in the number 8 Scott McLaughlin behind the wheel of that the PR1 Matheson Motorsports machine has been disputing the lead started on pole position remember it's number 52 wins car and it's now back into 4th place ahead of Rick Ware Racing's Pietro Fittipaldi in the 51 they are all on the same lead lap with Christian Rasmussen in the 18 Aero motorsport, the mainly blue car and the red and yellow TDS racing machine of Scott Huffaker, just out of the pits. He is one lap off the lead as well. In LMP2, leading class, that is, excuse me. Uh, LMP3, the number 74, blue and orange, Riley ended. Leisure leads it as the pass around is ongoing Garrett Griss for junior three racing in second and the top three made up by another leisure. so three least the 13 matt bell uh, black and yellow awa car then it's the bright yellow car of till Bechtelsheimer, who was shown off the lead lap
4: there no i think he was just catching up to the right. to the field john okay because it remember that he instantly had earlier ah, yeah, on so dropped him he was way quite back. a long way back yeah. So just catching up
2: let's see uh yes thank you jeremy I said that with a slight questioning yes, note in my voice. But Seth Lucas and Wayne Boyd, I think, are off the lead lap by one and two laps. One and three laps, One and I three think. laps, yeah. OK. That's RV the number four and AWA, the 17 car. The GT Pro battle has been between Corvette Racing in their Chevrolet Corvette, the number three, and the 79 WeatherTech Racing, Maro Engel driven for the last few stints. Mercedes-AMG with David Rigo in a recent competition in that achingly beautiful Ferrari 296 GT3 number 62 car then the dark blue Turner Motorsport M4 GT3 Bill Orbelin in the 95 car, Ian Lynx Lamborghini Huracan in 5th position Lawrence Vanto for Faf Motorsport, the plaid car even after that little bump down in 6th and he's closed back up again as well And the top seven in GT4... That car just came in the pits. Thank you. Um,
4: As did the 14, number 14.
2: Which is in seventh for Vass Sullivan. They
4: ducked in right before that caution period. Oh,
2: so that means they could cycle even further forward from that if the cars ahead of them stop. In GTD, Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing is at the head of GTD. Having dealt with uh, Magnus Racing's Andy Lally in the Aston Martin Vantage... Kenton Cook for Team Cortis Motorsport is in third. 144 and 32 BMW, Aston and AMG GT3. Then Roman De Angelis in the 27 heart of racing, Aston. Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport in the M4 GT3, number 96. Top six is Inception and the McLaren right back in it again after um, a trying first half of the race, shall we say. Franti Monte Calvo for Vasa Sullivan in the GTD, number 12, that is the Lexus RC-F GT3. And the top 10 made up by Max Root for Wright Motorsport 77. Jackson Evans for Kelly Moss with Riley and their team car, Alec Udell, in the 92. So 91 and 92 in 9th and 10th. And that is how it stands, with 216 laps completed by People Durrani, who leads under our... That's seventh, no. eighth. eighth, yeah. Now safety car, and that's our VP Racing in race update. And we are just on four hours to go.